0: My name is Cy Huffer. I'm one of the ministers here at the church. Uh, it's great to be with you all today as we kick off this new series um, called Running on Full. It's through the book of Colossians. Uh, if you're new to College Heights, it's great to have you all with us in person and online. It's great to just... Be together in this way, uh, in this season, it's very disruptive, and there's a lot of distance involved in this season, but it's good to come together and try and overcome that the best we can. Uh, I... uh, want to let you know, if you're new here, we're not anything special, we're pretty ordinary people, uh, ordinary church that believe we've been loved by God in an extraordinary way, and we've been loved by an extraordinary God, and that's why we come together. To to show you how ordinary we are, I wanted to play a game today, okay? Have you seen these memes that people come up with where it's like, uh, all of humanity is divided into these two categories? There's two types of people. Have you seen those? First of all, there's two types of people, those that say there's two types of people and those who don't don't, right? Um, But let's play this game. So there's two types of people. Let's put the first picture up there, Danny. Okay, if you are the person, number one, you have one alarm and it goes off and you get up, raise your hand. That's you. We all want to be like you. Yes, we do. And now if you're the second person, you have multiple alarms and snooze buttons, raise your hand if that's you. Yep, that's about right. That's that's who I am. I actually have them spaced out all throughout the, the bedroom to make me get up. Otherwise, it's going to go off and wake up my wife. So, uh, next picture. There's two types of people in this world. The top or the bottom? Who's the top? Okay, who's the bottom? Yeah. My dad would not fall for this. He just took the toilet paper. He wouldn't hang it. He just put it on the back of the toilet. I was like, you can't do it. Anyway, next one, next picture. Okay, cereal first, milk second. Milk first, cereal second. You people are savages. I have never, ever seen someone do that, but that's incredible. Milk first, cereal second. That's bold. Okay, next picture. Bookmark, Who uses a bookmark. And then who folds the the top of the page? Oh yeah, Uh, I'm a top of the page folder, yes. What's the next picture? Okay, you cut your sandwich diagonally. Yeah, yes. Who does it, maybe even vertical or horizontal? Yeah, just straight cut, okay. I've shifted, I was transformed. I I saw the grace of Jesus and was transformed by this. I moved from diagonal to horizontal, that's what I did. So next, last picture, I think it's the last one. Okay, it's on E, but you think you still got 10 miles left. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who fills up? Three quarters of a tank, we're putting more gas in, it's getting low, half tank, quarter of a tank, okay. Yeah, um, I am the, it's on E, I got another 10 miles guy. Okay, I, I even told a story a few weeks ago about we running out of gas. It's because I think when that light goes on, it's kind of like a, a yellow light in the traffic, right? That means better hurry, <laughs> okay? Um, when it turns E, I'm like, oh, I, got, I got a little while longer. We'll get there in a second. And so much so, I ran out of gas all the time growing up. ran out of gas like three weeks ago. Uh, It's just part of being Cy Huffer. Um, And I should learn from it. I don't. There you go. Yep, we got another person. Um, But uh, when I was 16, I got my car, newfound freedom, just started driving and visiting all my friends. So excited. And I was driving down the road and all of a sudden my steering wheel locked up. My engine stopped like making some weird sounds. So I finally got on the side of the road and I called my dad. I'm like, dude, the car broke down. He's like, what? My car, I mean, it was, it probably could have broken down. It was a 1989 Pontiac 6000 LE, which none of you know what that is. That's because it's a junker. And um, anyway, and so I was like, my car broke down and he said, when was the last time you put gas in it? And I was like, oh yeah, you have to do that, don't you? Like, I just had totally spaced that getting your license meant you stopped at some point and got gas, okay? But that's just part of, if you don't, and, I, and ever since then, I've tried to beat the system. I've tried to figure out how to get as much as I can out of a tank of gas. And it's, I mean, it's got some great funny stories that Monica and I could tell you from all kinds of trips. Um, but what happens is, it, it, the truth is this, you can only go so far on a tank of gas, Right? Like, if the dial says it's empty, guess what? It's empty. And if you can allow me to just ask this question today, in this whole sermon series, this is really what we're wanting to ask. What are you running on? Like, are you empty or are you full? Like if your life had a dashboard and there are little dials for every area of your life, I call these your RPMs, RPMSs. And we just ask, How are you doing in these areas of your life? How are you doing relationally? Like how's your relational health? If you had a dial, a gas gauge, are you empty or are you full? What about physically? Are you getting enough sleep, enough rest, the right nutrition, right? Are you empty or are you full? What about your mental health? Are you learning? Are you spending some time being creative? Are you thinking, having good positive thoughts about yourself? Or are you just self-critical all the time? Are you empty or are you full? What about your spiritual health? How are you in Jesus? And do you believe that you're in a good standing with your Creator, with God? Are you empty, or are you full? And if maybe all those dials, maybe you're, you're good in one area and you're not so good in another, this is a really good exercise to do to just kind of figure out how you're doing and assess your health. But if you just made it all one dial for your whole life and it was either you're empty or you're full, I would ask you this, how has this le- year left you empty or full? In your life right now, where would you put the dial? Have you ran out of gas this year? Have you ran out multiple times? Are you on E and there's an indicator light flashing for you? Have you ran out of gas? Are you running on empty today? Are you so worn out with all of the interruptions of your routines and your rhythms because of quarantine and working from home? Can I get an oh yeah? Can I get an amen? Are you so spent with all of the conflict around COVID and masks? and politics, and cultural issues. Are you just simply tired of the constant change, making adjustments, the word unprecedented or uncharted territory? Are you on E? Because there's this book called Colossians. It's written to a church in the city called Colossae. That Paul the Apostle heard from this church of people who had said, I want to follow Jesus. We want to be changed by him. We want to get on mission with him. And that's what Jesus calls us to do as disciples of his, is to do those three things to follow him, be changed, and get on mission with him. And here's these people who have taken this step of baptism, like we saw this morning, and they said, We want to follow Jesus. And they started doing it and found out it's really hard. And that life just kind of keeps hitting you. Even though if you decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that life gets easy. It may even get more complicated at first. And they keep on getting hit and hit and hit. And their pastor, Epaphras, had come and given Paul a report about this church. That Yeah, they've, they've, they've chosen to follow Jesus and they have this faith and love springing from their hope, this newfound hope in Jesus. And yet, there's something that's kind of missing. They're kind of running on empty. And so Paul takes a pen and he puts it to a piece of paper and he writes a letter to this church, the letter of Colossians, and we have today. And it really hits at this question that I want to kind of put up on the screen. I want you all to see and I want you all to understand. We're trying to answer this question today. What are you running on? Like, what is the fuel in the tank of your life that's driving you? What keeps you going? Where's the source of power that drives you to live another day and to love another person? Because look at what Paul says. I think Paul, Paul wants to teach us and show us what that source should be, that source of power, that fuel should be in your life. So take a look. Colossians 1, starting in verse 9, it says this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. I want to just write up front. This book has a lot to say about prayer. And we'll talk a lot about that in in a few weeks. But, I mean, he says, we've not stopped praying for you. We are praying unceasingly for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. God, you get what that means? It means that we all are containers that are meant to be filled with something. Like every single one of us. That's why sometimes if you don't know what it is, you feel empty because you try and fill yourself with something. It's food or, or um, relationships or a spouse or sex or, or drugs or, or experiences or whatever. And it just seems to never satisfy. It's because we are containers meant to be filled with something. And look what he says. This is what we're praying that you're filled with. With the knowledge of God's will through all wisdom and understanding. I think it probably should say through the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. The wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. It's, it's more, it's not like it's through this. It's not like you get full by being wise and understanding. It's no, you, when you're filled, it, man itself, it's, it manifests itself in wisdom and understanding in other people's lives. So that, here's the purpose. You may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Let me break this down for you, this, this prayer. Caution's one. He's praying, I want you to know God. And when you know God, guess what happens when you know God? When you know God, you live the full life. Like the good life. Knowing God leads to godly living. But what happens when you live the way God intended for you to live, the creator intended for you to live, the full life, the eternal life, like Huckabee was talking about when he baptized his son, the, the quality of life changes when you know God. And when you know God and you start living a different life, guess what that, living that different life does? It helps you know God in a deeper way. And guess what happens when you know God in a deeper way? You live life in a different way. And it goes and it goes around in this little spiral, this cycle. N.T. Wright um, said it this way. He says, understanding will fuel holiness, right living. Holiness will deepen understanding. And see, that's what Paul is praying for you and for I and for this church is that they would engage in this cycle, growing in knowledge and holiness so they could be full of the knowledge of God. Here's why this is significant. You were created to be full. I was created to be full. Yet we feel empty a lot of the times. We feel empty. We were created to be full of the knowledge of God and of his will and of his desires for our lives and for the world, yet we have over and over again tried to run our life on anything besides this, on any kind of power, any kind of fuel source besides this. It reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you ever had psychology in college or maybe even high school, you have seen this pyramid at one point or another. But the hierarchy of needs is this, that you need to get your bottom level needs met before you can ever go to the next level and levels beyond that. And the full life, psychologically, what you're trying to achieve is have all of these needs met. So the idea is you're not really thinking about self-actualization, achieving your fullest potential until you have some food and water in your body, right? And then once you have some food and water, you got to make sure you feel safe and secure. You have a home. And those are basic needs that everybody has, and then it builds on top of that. Once you have these basic needs met, then you can start meeting your psychological needs of belonging and love and family and self-esteem and understanding that you have some kind of dignity and something to offer the world. And then finally, once you build those foundations, on top of all of it is this becoming everything you were created to be your fullest potential. Now, there are some really, there's true things about this pyramid. But there's also some things that I really wrestle with that the gospel teaches I believe it's this. You can only run your life on having food and water for so long. We all were created for something more than surviving. There's this a hit show called Alone on the History Channel. Anybody heard of the show Alone? It's a, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating show. They take 10 um, people that have been trained or self-taught to survive in the wild and they take them and for a half million dollar cash prize they drop them by themselves in the wilderness okay and the whole point of the show is this you get 10 special items to take with you and the winner is the person that stays out in the wilderness and survives the longest and stays out there longer than everybody else here's the, the trick of the show they don't tell you when other people leave it's like you're out in the wilderness, you, they got their special items, and they got their lean-tos, and they got their shelters, and they're eating seaweed and worms or whatever they can get their hands on, mice, just to survive, and they're just living out there day after day after day, and you may be one of three people left, and you've been out there for 45 days, but you don't know if seven of the ten people have left. It's really a contest of the will and of the mind, as well as of the body. And in, season, uh, in one of the seasons, there was a man who'd been out there. He was one of, the, uh, of three remaining people. And they had been out there for over 40 days by themselves. And he said these words as he's spoken to his camera. They don't even have camera crews. They're trained by themselves. They're trained how to use a camera just by themselves. So they can film themselves talking um, for the show. And he said these words. The psychology part is really kicking in. I feel myself asking myself, what are you doing here? What's, what, what more is there to do? You can live here, you can eat. You came, you're done, now what? Who are you doing any good out here? And then he said these two words that just wrecked me. Just surviving. How many of us have just felt like I'm just getting up just to survive today? It's not like I'm running on I'm running on fumes. I'm just getting up and going through the motions of cooking the meals and putting on the clothes and going to work and getting the paycheck and getting home and turning on Netflix or Hulu, whatever, just to make it through another day. Friends, the will to survive will only last for so long. The will for a lot of those things will only last for so long because at one point or another, the fuel will run out. So the question is, what are you living for? What drives you? What keeps you going? What are you running on? And Do you feel like today you're running on E? Paul continues to show you the power that he believes will fuel you. Look at verse 11. He says this, being strengthened with all Power according to God's glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. That's what we need. If we're gonna run on full for our whole life and, and have life to the full, we need great endurance and patience. I love N.T. Wright in his commentary on Carl options. he said this, I thought it was really, really good. Um, he explained what endurance, the difference between endurance and patience. And he says this, that the former... Endurance is what faith, hope, and love bring to an apparently impossible situation. Anybody experienced one of those lately? An apparently impossible situation. The latter, patience, is what they show to an apparently impossible person. Don't raise your hand on that one. They could be sitting next to you. But Isn't that a great descriptor of the season? Enduring an impossible situation and showing patience to impossible people. He says, there's this power that God gives you, that he fills you with, this knowledge of him that leads to holy living, the the full life, and the full life which helps you understand him in a more deeper way. And he says, Paul says that being filled with the knowledge of God leads to the full life, and it leads to a life and a power that never runs out that fuels our endurance and patience. And where does that come from? It's it's verses 13 and 14. I want to land here. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. See this is where our power comes from. The fuel for life. The, the full life. This is where, where it starts. You've been rescued. From the dominion of darkness. And you've brought into this glorious kingdom. Of a God who loves you the way he loves his one and only son. You see, we were all containers. We were created to contain the eternal. The eternal. Like we're made by God, everything was good, and He made us in His image, which meant that we were meant to be filled with the eternal life, the good life. The full life that never runs out. A life unified with God the creator. Ecclesiastes 3.11 actually says that God placed eternity into our hearts. And when you live this life on this earth and you are created to be filled with the eternal, with the, the full life that never runs out, the power of God that never runs out, and yet you keep trying to fill yourself with all these finite things to fill that vacuum and that container, that hole in your life, you're gonna be disappointed over and over and over again. All those things are gonna run out. That's why one of my favorite quotes of all time is from C.S. Lewis. He says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. So let me ask you this question today. What are you running on? Are you picky about the power that you are running your life on? Or are you passive? Are you just kind of drifting into whatever feels right? Whatever makes sense in the moment? Or maybe you haven't even thought about it at all. You're just trying to survive. Growing up, I didn't realize how these things worked. It's just a lamp. Um, but I didn't realize how it worked, right? And I remember growing up, my whole life, would walk into a room, I would turn on a light switch, and the light would go on. I would turn on the TV, and the TV would come on. I would turn on all kinds of things, and I would leave them on when I'd left the room. And my dad would always be mad at me, son, turn that stuff off. And I was like, Why? Like, it's not a big deal. Why, why? And finally, when I grew up, I got my first electric bill. I was turning lights off all the time, <laughs> right? Like, oh snap! That it costs money to do this kind of stuff. Do you realize all that goes in to making this thing do this? There's like twelve inventions and patents over the last hundred and fifty years that make it possible for us to simply. Turn on a switch and a light comes on. There's a whole grid where you have these power plants that they take energy. And they create energy by burning things like coal or natural gas or they use nuclear power or they, or they get energy and heat from, from the sun they have these solar panels or they have windmills that are turned and what happens is that energy, that heat goes into a generator which turns this big huge uh, thing, I don't know what this stuff is called, um, but there's these coils on it and those coils would take the heat energy and transform it into electrical energy and that, those generators send electrical energy through these big huge things called transmission lines. And transmission lines are are the big, huge electrical lines you see um, that look pretty scary. It looks like a robot could come alive at any time. lots of arms, right? And they run for miles upon miles across our whole country. They take lots of really high voltage to things called substations. Substations are those little places, and actually there's one right here on Newman, um, but you have these fences around it, and, and all these transmission lines come in. They transform the energy from high voltage to lower voltage to distribution lines and those are electrical lines we have in our neighborhoods. And they're distributing electric, electricity to our homes, to our businesses, and to our church which goes into a breaker box which has lines that go into outlets and light switches which comes right here to my extension cord. This could be energy from the sun on our solar panels out back. And it comes right in here. See, this switch. See, are, are you just plugging in and not even thinking about it? Because so often we don't even think about what the, the source to our fuel, the things that drive us and keep us going. But we actually, we try to find it from all different places. We're like, okay, here's, here's something here. And maybe for you, it's the need to be needed. Maybe the fuel you're running on is, I want people to like, they need me. That I can do something for them. And your identity and your value and your worth is being able to meet other people's needs in your life. And you think, the only way I'm going to be loved, the only way I have value in this life is by meeting other people's needs. And you plug into that source and that power that gets you up in the morning and that drives you. And it's nothing. Like, at some point, you're going to run out on that. And so maybe it's not that. Maybe for you, it's you want to be seen by others as being successful, having the perfect picket fence and the, the house and the spouse and the job and the, and the boat and the activities and the Facebook profile. And you, and you plug in. And that stuff is what drives you over and over again for school and for work and for 50 hours a week, but it's nothing. Like it keeps running out. Maybe for you, it's the fact that you are unique There's no one else like you. You want to stand out from the crowd. Or maybe for you, it's every time there's a status quo, you got to challenge it. You got to be devil's advocate. And you push against it. And your identity is found in just being different than everybody else. And you come to find out you don't even know who you are anymore or what you believe. And there's so many things that we try and fill our life with, that we try and resource our life experiences, it's friendship, it's spouses, it's finally having that woman that loves you or a husband that cares for you. And we search and we look at all these sources of power and we try and find the one. And friends, this is what it's like living in the dominion of darkness, it's like, will one of these just work? But the gospel is this He has rescued us from this, He has rescued you from trying to prove your worth in this. He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and he has brought you into the kingdom of, check out these words, it says this, the son he loves. That's a reference to the moment when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water and a voice came from heaven that said this, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And friends, when you are in Jesus when you go to the waters of baptism and you die, and that old life has gone away, this old life, this dominion of darkness life is gone away with, and you're raised to new life, your source of power has nothing to do with what you prove to others, with how you stand out, or how successful you appear, or the experiences that you have, or the way you meet other people's needs. No, your value, your worth is solely based on what the Father says about you, which is this you are my daughter. And you are my son. And with you, I am well pleased. That's the kingdom that you are invited into. And friends, that identity, it's a source of power that will never run out. It will go on for forever because it comes from a God who never runs out, who never, who goes on for forever. His love is never ending. It constantly pursues you. You no longer have to be a slave to any of this because you are a child of God. And friends, the the whole sermon series, the next four weeks is about that good news. And if you're like, I'm tired, I'm done, I'm on E, I I want this, well, We want to invite you to come after the service. We're going to have our elders and our ministers come up on these two lower platforms and our, and our prayer team. Guys, go ahead and start moving. Ladies, go ahead and start moving. If you're on that, one of those uh, prayer team, staff, spouses, elder spouses, just go ahead and move to those two platforms. We want to be available to you if you want to come and talk to someone about the good news of Jesus today. On December 6th, the last Sunday of this series, we're going to have a baptism Sunday. We're going to invite people to come and give their life to Jesus And come and receive the good news that Mike can receive today and that you can receive today, that there's a power that that you can tap into for your life, a fuel that will never run out. His name is Jesus, and he invites you today to come. Let me pray. Lord, we need you, Father. We need you desperately. We need you to come. We need you to show yourself to us to be who you are, that, you are, that your love, it's never-ending, that our worth in your eyes is a death on a cross. So, Lord, we need you today. Lord, show yourself and show us your grace. We pray this in your name. Amen.